Welcome to Episode 3 of HokoCast, your local podcast sponsored by Howard County Library System. We are Baz, Daniel, Emmy, and Olivia, bringing you local Howard County happenings, from Goodreads to Rainbow Dreams. In honor of Pride Month, the HokoCast team shares ways to celebrate, books to read, and events to look out for, all while maintaining socially, though certainly not spiritually, distant. Howard County had its first Rainbow Conference this year, a truly historic event and a testimony to how far we've come as a community. Though the conference could only be virtual, it included a diverse panel of presenters and numerous sessions highlighting all aspects of LGBTQIA plus life. We'll be linking the resources in case you would like to look more into this exciting event. Let's share some Hoko pride. A social media-streamed Pride Parade will be taking place on June 14th, with over 600 influencers involved from YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. For the whole month of June, the founder, Kiara, whose handle on social media being at fx.kiara.fx, will be holding small Pride events, such as a prom and movie night. The main event will be streamed on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, with up to four creators at a time popping in and out to share their Pride stories. The American Library Association's ALA Rainbow Roundtable celebrates 50 years of service and outreach. Founded in 1970, the group is the nation's first LGBT professional organization and has since existed to serve the information needs of LGBTQIA library professionals, as well as the information and access needs of the community at large. The Rainbow Roundtable has humble roots as a small task force. It quickly grew under the leadership of Barbara Giddings and other activists and bibliophiles. And despite opposition from conservatives who refused to believe LGBT rights in libraries could mix, the group pushed on by holding programs and a book award at ALA conferences, encouraging school systems to buy LGBT books, and finally earned full recognition from the ALA president in their promotion to roundtable status in the late 1990s. The press towards equality never wanes. So here's to wishing the Rainbow Roundtable many more years of success. Every year, the library sponsors a fun and engaging summer reading program. This year, the program will operate a little differently. Let's learn how you can participate and read for good. Hi everyone, this is Lori from the Glenwood Branch, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about our summer reading program. This year's theme is Imagine Your Story. You can find all the details on how to participate using our online platform Read Squared at the library's website. We'll have a link in our show notes. When you join our summer reading program, you can track your reading, you can find missions full of activities, and earn points and unlock badges as you go. A new mission will be added every Monday all summer long. So you can participate online or visit our website and you can download a copy of the missions to participate offline. Either way, it's your choice. And as you can imagine, we've had to adjust our usual summer reading program due to the current conditions. So this year, upon completion of summer reading, all participants will earn a donation to the Community Action Council of Howard County. Visit our summer reading website for a link to learn more about CAC and all the important work they are doing to support our community right now. So your reading will be doing so much good this summer. In order to fully encapsulate how far we've come, 
let's flip through the pages of history and review LGBT standing in modern literature. Fair warning, we will be using the word queer. Queer writing can be traced all the way back to Greek mythology, with one of the most prominent examples being the relationship of Achilles and Patroclus. In the Iliad, Homer never directly states that Achilles and Patroclus are gay, but does express them having a tender relationship with homosexual subtext as Achilles loses all sense of himself once Patroclus is killed in the Trojan War, becoming so bent on avenging his friend that he is reckless to the point of his death. The two then have their ashes mixed together so that they will never be apart. And for a more directly queer retelling, I'd recommend Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. With other less contemporary genres, like with early Gothic fiction, queer authors would explore themes of homosexuality through Gothic fiction to be more acceptable. Two of these writers are Matthew Lewis and Charles Maturin, who occasionally wrote with a bait-and-switch style to create gay subtext, having two male characters fall in love where later one is then revealed to be a woman. This is not the only example of queer subtext, but it is one of the more obvious ones. Still, even though there have always been LGBT people in literature, queer books and representation can feel few and far between, especially queer books with happy endings. Part of this is due to past discrimination in publishing queer novels. To promote heterosexualities over the messages of an LGBT novel, the endings of novels would follow one of three paths. Either one character would realize they were not gay and leave their partner, they would tragically break up, or one of them would be killed off in the end, showing that queer relationships are unhealthy and doomed from the start. For a quick read that follows one of these endings, I'd recommend the 1961 novel The Leather Boys by Gillian Freeman. Queer literature during the AIDS crisis also perpetuated this tragic narrative as LGBT authors and citizens felt like this was the only ending they were allowed to have. Thankfully, as society has progressed, LGBT novels with happy endings not only exist, but are becoming more widespread, allowing for a wider scope of queer genres and perspectives, and that is something to celebrate. However, now that LGBT life and culture are more fully embraced in the public eye, a different problem has emerged in modern media, queerbaiting. As defined by Wikipedia, queerbaiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at but then don't actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBT representation. Far from being a will-they-won't-they they drama or a slow-burn relationship, queerbaiting is a matter of writers or network companies using false advertising to draw in LGBT fans while refusing to follow through on their promise in order to placate more conservative audiences. Why anger one demographic when you can make money off both, right? Well, that's the problem. Let's take a look at queerbaiting in Voltron Legendary Defender, a modern reboot of the original story featuring five robotic lions and their pilots as they battle the evil Galra and save the universe. A show that started out with so much potential and promises of representation, promises that were sadly not entirely upheld. Voltron Legendary Defender unfortunately crashed and burned after an insanely low-grade ending, leaving the viewers unsatisfied and angry at the rushed addition of an LGBTQ character. From the beginning, Voltron was reaching towards a diverse audience, and after picking up speed from the first season release, fans were excited at the diverse cast of characters and the potential for LGBTQ plus rep. It quickly gained popularity, but as seasons went on, it didn't seem like the representation that they had hoped for was coming. Then came season seven, and fans were outraged as their fears of the show possibly queerbaiting all along truly came to fruition. 
While a main character, Shiro, was confirmed to be gay, it wasn't actually said in the show, only in a tweet. And to make matters worse, the love interest for Shiro was killed off in the same episode that he was introduced, keeping the trope of killing the gay character off alive. Fans were outraged, as the evidence on screen wasn't nearly enough to confirm the two's relationship to one another, and the minimal screen time and eventual death only made matters worse. Not to mention the hype the writers and producers had talked about leading up to the release of the seventh season, promising that viewers would meet Shiro's ex-boyfriend, only to feature him in barely one episode. To partner with talking about LGBT representation in the media, I would recommend the book Gay TV and Straight America by Ron Becker. Gay TV centers around the emergence of gay representation in the American television programs of the 1990s, laying out why gay characters and tropes became a hot topic, and how these episodes contributed to gay and straight stereotypes at the time, with, for example, one of my favorite ideas of the book, that of the helpful heterosexual, hip heterosexual, and homosexual heterosexual. The helpful heterosexual is the straight savior type character, who's doing the right thing by helping out the poor gay character and showing the others that Everyone is equal, appealing to straight audiences who want to be that savior, and gay audiences for, well, including gay characters and showing one of their struggles. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but if you want to learn a little about LGBT media, especially in the 1990s, Gay TV in Straight America is certainly a read I'd recommend. Art and literature are the ultimate forms of expression, so let's celebrate Pride Month by taking a few books out of our literary closets and sharing why we love them. The Leather Boys by Gillian Freeman was mentioned as a book being written in the time period where tragic endings were commonplace for queer characters, but I still recommend it. The story follows Dick, who lives with his recently widowed grandmother, and Reggie, who rushed into a marriage at 17 and both of which are involved in a leather gear motorcycle gang. If you want a shorter novel that tenderly expresses the feelings of new love and of confusion and exploring your identity in a world filled with heteronormativity, especially as the novel is set in 1950s Britain and was written in 1961, I would recommend The Leather Boys. The book I'm going to recommend is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Alir Sine a book I recently discovered this past year. I cannot believe how long it took me to find this book, a stunning story of two boys as they grow up and change, learning about each other and themselves. Set in El Paso in the swelter of summer, Aristotle meets Dante, and they immediately connect. Aristotle is reluctant to let down his walls, but Dante is persistent and kind as they define who they want to be and discover truths about themselves, all while strengthening their bond. However, it isn't easy, and together they will have to work through several hardships in hopes of coming out stronger on the other side. The writing of this book is beautiful and transports you right to the middle of summer in hot El Paso. The imagery and plotline are very well done and truly let you imagine the lives these boys are living. This is a story about growing up, living for yourself, and connecting with others, and Science's writing truly allows you to connect with the characters and provides a unique perspective on the world. One YA novel that does well with representation is Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Carry On works with the classic hero's journey, but incorporates twists and turns for a fresh take on the magical chosen one. Carry On also features multiple LGBT characters, 
some with exploring their sexuality being a more prominent event taking place in the novel, and others who have it already figured out and are out. There's multiple experiences of being an LGBT teen today shown in Carry On, which I really enjoy. For example, one of the main characters, Penny, complains about how her roommate can have her girlfriend over whenever she wants, but she's not supposed to visit her best friend's room because he's a boy. The conversation switches, but the joy I got from that casual interaction involving the mention of an LGBT character lingered. Rainbow Rowell is excellent at including a variety of well-rounded LGBT characters in her cast, with different roles and variants and importance to the plot, continuing into her book's Wayward Son and Any Way the Wind Blows, which follow the same characters. I read this book a few months ago, yet it's remained in my heart ever since. The contemporary novel with sci-fi elements is The Gravekeeper by Alexandra Villasante. The story follows 17-year-old Marisol, who, alongside her younger sister Gabby, flees El Salvador to find safety in the U.S. after she falls for a girl and her brother is murdered. Alas, Marisol is captured at the border and now faces a choice. Participate in an experimental study that would attempt to transfer the grief of a suffering person into her own body or risk deportation. For herself and for Gabby, Marisol chooses the former and becomes a mesh in a world of lies, privilege, pain, and the promise of love, even after trauma. This book weaves a beautiful narrative full of intriguing characters and serves as a reminder that we are much, much more than what we've been hurt by. Good Omens is a book that I reviewed in our Teen Takeover episode on the other Howard County Library podcast, Hijinks. In Good Omens, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman build a world based on angels and demons gearing up for the end of the world and the great war between heaven and hell that will follow. Another thing Good Omens is, is a love story, with an angel and a demon at the center of it who don't really want the world to end. It is never explicitly said in Good Omens that the two protagonists are in love, but this novel is a great use of show, don't tell in that way. But in case you're still not sure, Neil Gaiman himself has explicitly called Good Omens a love story between the two protagonists. So, it's a love story between two gay men? Not quite. Most angels and demons in this world don't subscribe to a specific gender and just use whatever pronouns people associate with their corporal forms, so though the two main characters are given he-him pronouns, non-binary is a better descriptor for them, effortlessly tying in more than the traditional male, cisgender, gay character from the LGBT community, which I commend Good Omens for incorporating into not just their characters, but their entire world building. Thanks for joining us for our first Pride episode. Stay safe and continue being the spectacularly valid and absolutely unique person that you are. Stay safe and continue being the spectacularly valid and absolutely unique person that you are. Stay safe and continue being the spectacularly valid and absolutely unique person that you are.